All right. Are you ready, girl? I'm as ready as I will ever be. What episode number is this? I don't even know. It's 78. 78. 78 take three. Oh, that's scary, girl. Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And, and this, this is, is episode 78, take three, take three of, of Dead, Dead Time Stories. Y'all, it has been troubling, y'all, to say the least. You don't even know. You we don't recorded, even know. We recorded last week and Sarah had an issue. And I had an audio issue. being lost. That was me, I'll take it. recorded yesterday and I had an issue with audio being lost. And it is so frustrating. Oh my God, this is what happens when we record remotely. <laughs> Seriously, give us money to our Patreon so we can do give this. Give us money. Cause... We got to get our shit together and back at Mary Angela's house. But our schedules have been so crazy. Again, you guys, it's been really rough trying to get out of Guestoberfest because everything has just been crazy and crazy. It's, it's not getting easy to try to find a routine again. So. Bear but with us. girl, we're gonna make it happen. If you're new to the podcast, me and Sarah like to come on every week to talk about ghost stories, the paranormal, the supernatural, the generally eerie, true crime, and just all sorts of weird shit. That's what we like to talk about. And you know, this is a great episode. I'm hoping, you know, who knows, round three and Halloween. We had a great episode called Take a Listen. Halloween but Sarah was ready to start at the beginning. Please start at the beginning. Otherwise, Sarah's you're not like, gonna start understand. episode one. You're going to be like, why are these girls talking about how they messed up, even though they're 78 episodes into their show? And you'll be like, you got to listen to episode one to understand. It's been trifling. It's been trifling. All right. I'm going to turn this microphone around again. Make sure it's still recording. Still going. All right, all right. We're past a minute, so thank God. This dirty bitch. She's done us dirty. She has. We don't trust her. So, guys, um, outside of this podcast, I'm at Songbird, hopefully still this week. I'm going to kill it tomorrow night, which is now (laughs) yesterday night, um, because it's country week, and I'm doing Fancy by Reba McIntyre, which is one of my uh, signature go-to songs. So it's going to be good, but next week is Robin Week, and I'm less confident and you should come out if you're in Philly to Latage at 8 o'clock on Wednesdays to see me perform in Songbird. Somebody goes home every week. This is week 8. Next week will be week 9. And I'm still in the game. So that means I'm going to be pretty good, right? <laughs> they like I've only, me? <laughs> I've only won one week so far, and that was Drag Week. And I did Sweet Transvestite for Rocky Horror. And it was good. And I happen to be lucky enough to have, like, a lot of people there that night. Mary Angela was there. Adrian was there. Um, Val is usually there. My friend Jeremy was there. My friend Sam. I was like, Jeremy from work. Sam from my other work. Because <laughs> Sam is a virgin terror. Um, but, yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. But aside from that, 
Like we, Sarah's got a thing. I've got a thing. We're going to talk about things and here we effing go. Yeah. So before Stephanie, we get into the spooky shit. Well, Stephanie, I just feel like I should mention because you're talking about your stuff you did. Stephanie just finished doing Terror Behind the Walls. And I'm going to blame all of our editing, all of our issues on the fact that she brought some shit back with her. She you told me that yesterday. Brought something she said back that with I brought you. something home from Eastern State and that that's what's causing all the because issues. Because she and has, she has told the story that she is going, we're going to try it again. Third time's a charm. I'm going to tell you this story a third time. Three times, but you guys. But both times I've tried to tell this story, our episode fucked up. So I don't know if that's just going to add to Did you sage? Did you sage? Oh my gosh, I did it. God damn it, Stephanie. We're going to lose it all again. Is it in my altar? Sage after I, this is done. The last time I used my sage was when we were at Mary Angela's house with Aaron. Last time we recorded something spooky. Something spooky, yeah. And we needed to get rid of some shit. So I'm going to do that after we record this. <laughs> oh my gosh, please But I've got do. my throat coat tea because I've been doing like six gigs a week on top of my like regular job. So... I have, like, no voice anymore, and I'm in a singing competition. Hooray! Um, but that's my life, you know? That's that's just what it's like to be me, you know? When oh when I need it, when I need to perform my best is when I will absolutely be at my worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I went um, axe throwing with Val recently. We went to Bury the Hatchet. Yep. Um, and in all of our, like, just hanging out and casually throwing, like, I was killing it, and Val, like, couldn't get it to stick. And as soon as the lady came over to start taking points, Val was, like, reaming me, like, <laughs> killing me. And I was like, doesn't that just describe us to a T? Like, you, like, the pressure is on, and you, like, rise to the occasion, and you kill it. And me, I will prepare and prepare and prepare, and as soon as it's a competition, I'm, fu- like, I just ruin everything. I choke under pressure <laughs> every time. And that's what's going to happen at Songbird. But until the week that I go home, girl, uh, y'all should be coming out to see me. You'll be killing it, killing it, killing it. So, Sarah, before we get into the spooky shit, you've talk got about some, some other shit, shit to talk about. I've already, I also feel like I've already used up all of my poop puns. Like, I feel totally cleansed through the colon on this story. You've had a detox. I have, I have detoxed. You've dumped it all out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're just going to give this another shot. You guys, if you can't tell from the amount of poop puns, I got an update for our favorite side story. That's not a ghost story. And that is an update about the our favorite, favorite non-ghost story. Well, it's my favorite. I hope you guys like it. And if you don't, I don't care. But I recently looked up and I saw that there is an update for the Pooper Intendant. However, I do believe it might be our final update because the last time we heard from him, he was suing the Holmdale, New Jersey Police Department for a million dollars for defamation because they released his mugshot. And he said that because they released his mugshot, that is the reason why he's become such a public he's been in the media eye and he's been scrutinized that's why he lost his defamation job. for his defecation oh you've been see i had so many better poop puns last night and now i don't have any that's the only one i got that's since you said defamation i wanted to say it but i didn't want to interrupt yeah that's the pooper intendant just i he just shat all on my story um, he keeps Sarah going, though, so she doesn't know what to do with that being over. She loves Pooper Intended. I really don't. I think that's the other problem is I can't come to terms with the fact that 
this that it's probably this over. Blockage is probably over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that this has passed. <laughs> this has passed. Um, so this but, has moved. But what happened was There's been a movement. Was he? It's it is quite in the bowels. He made that lawsuit, and the judge threw it out, and she dumped it out of court. Dumped on it. I think she might have actually taken a shit on it. I like to imagine that she laughed him out of the courtroom. Honestly, I feel like the whole thing took five minutes and she was like, what? No, get out. Get out. Speaking of, I need to go take a poop. My coffee's kicking in. I need you out. Out of my She's out like, of my speaking courtroom. of shit, you're full of shit and I need to shit. And you ain't so shit. get your shit out of my shit. Get your shit out of my courtroom. I don't want to see your shitty face again, whether it's this mugshot or no. But all in all, she basically said, there's no way that just per... This mugshot, a simple neck up photograph, could be the only reason for his termination and defecation. I'm just It was I'm probably because he took that shit. Probably because he took all those shits behind the bleachers him. on the track. It's because of the shits he took. Nah, you know what? I think. Have you seen the mugshot? I have, but I thought you were going to ask if I had seen the shit. And I was have like, you no. Seen Did you the see shit? a picture of it? Are there pictures? No, I don't think they took pictures. I still want to hear about the janitor who had to clean it up and was the one who caught him. And confronted him. And was like, excuse me, there's shit over here and you were the only one around at five o'clock this morning. I would would give anything to have witnessed that. And and then he's like, Cooper intended's like, what? I mean, I don't, uh, what? I don't know how that got there. What? That's, what? Because you knew he tried to deny it. Oh, of course. He's like, I don't know that it wasn't me. And everyone's like, mm, pretty sure it was you, buddy. He's like, pretty it sure wasn't it was me. You. And everybody was like, why weren't you wearing claws? <laughs> I missed it. I didn't get that one. It went over my head. Um, because it wasn't me is a song by Shaggy. And everybody was really upset when Shaggy was Sebastian. Oh, there it is. Okay. Because he didn't wear claws. He didn't wear claws. And they were like, why wasn't he wearing claws? Like, people were really upset about it. It was stupid. He did just look like Michael Jackson in the Thriller music video. Or the other music video. But, yeah. Anyways. In, after apparently throwing out the lawsuit, he has a certain amount of days that he can contest it or try to fight against that. As of today, that period has passed and he has not tried to fight it. So it's passed. It has like passed. A, I think that poop. he's finally flushed this idea of getting back at them down the there toilet. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Starting to get it back again. Starting to get it back again. Fair enough. Um, so that's unfortunately our latest update on the pooper intendant story. Our, our last, probably, yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe he'll who rise knows? from the grave. The end question mark? The end question mark. That was a joke we made last night. It's one of those. Where he's he's just sitting on the toilet and then it says the end question mark. Like his eyes are closed. And then his eyes open. Right, and then the eyes open. Yup. Question mark? And you hear one last fart. One last fart. But it's like like a faint distant fart. It's like way off of the faint distant. Like a wet fart. But I want it it to be almost like it's fading away. Mm, I got you, know, you, I got you. you know, I can't make that sound like effect he's with my mouth. pooping at the same time. No, no. <laughs> I wonder if I've seen too many videos online on Reddit. Speaking of, of people just casually walking around and just like pooping and like shaking it out of their shorts and it just cleanly I... falling to the ground and then walking away, just like so easy to drop a turd like that. Like 
I, you know, I think it gets I told wet. you about a video that was like the squirtiest diarrhea. Yes. yes. And it was a lady like running out into a square, and there were like no people around, but it was like out in the middle. She didn't like try to hide it. It wasn't a poop she kicked out. She pulled her pants down, and it was the squirtiest poop. <laughs> it was squirty. It was like a spray. I'm pretty Not sure you told this on the podcast before. Okay, I wasn't sure if I told it on the podcast or if I just told it to you personally. But I mean, for either those way, of you who it's missed fitting. it. Uh, there was a video, and I saw it, and it was weird. <laughs> Um, that was a long time ago, but it still stuck with still me. Still sticks it was, with me. Uh, it was, it's something you don't forget. Uh, people casually pooping in public like that should never be something that you can easily forget. I mean, you want to forget it, but you're not going to forget it. It shouldn't be something that you ever have to know happened. God, yeah. <laughs> but it's too late now. It's too I already late know. now. I know, and I, I've I seen it. I already know it happens. I've seen it. I've seen it. Anyway, I've seen it with my own two eyes. Oh, that's scary, girl. Speaking, speaking of scary, of, speaking of scary, yeah. yeah, Sarah, Stephanie, y'all, y'all ready, ready to talk, talk about, about some ghosts? Spit out this story for the last third. So this is the third time. time that Sarah's heard this story. So it's probably not as spooky to her, but this is new to you guys. Can you turn you the gonna... microphone around and make sure that it's like recording oh God, while yes. you're telling this story? Yes. We're oh, you paused for a second, and I got so scared. Well, because I'm, like, trying not to push any, like, buttons on it. Yeah. I'm, like, so terrified. But it's still recording. (laughs) You guys. Okay. So, personal ghost story. So, I will tell you guys, I've mentioned many, many times before, that um, I'm very much a skeptic. And even though we host this show, like... I wouldn't say I don't believe in ghosts. I just say I've I've never seen a ghost. I've never seen anything that I would like undeniably say was like a ghost or anything like paranormal. But I'm open to it. I'm curious about it. And I believe people when they say that they've seen things most of the time. It depends on what they tell me. Yeah. But so gotta be skeptical. I, <laughs> but I'm very skeptical, right? And anything, even if something like did happen to me that was paranormal, I would probably like explain it away. Um But so working at Terror Behind the Walls, which just wrapped up, in the first episode, I talked about Eastern State Penitentiary, which is where Terror Behind the Walls happens. And it was really cool because it was like full circle where I was like, I talked about it on the first episode and now I'm working there. and It's it's really cool. Um, And it was a really amazing experience. I want to say that like right now. It was super dope. And I worked in the speakeasy. So the way Terror Behind the Walls is set up is it's like six mini haunted houses um, in, in like one big haunted house. So the whole, like not the whole prison, but like most of the prison is turned into a big haunted house. And like each section um, has like a different theme. And this prison is like over 150 years old, but it hasn't been used as a prison since like 1971 or 1972. But now it's like a prison museum. And it's that all year long and then just during like the spooky season they do terror behind the walls at nighttime and basically um what you would do when you were working is you would come in and you would go to the section of the prison that you were working in and you would set it all up like at 5 5 30 um depending on the day and then like you do your thing and people come through and then at the end of the night, like, you close it all down and you put everything back away, like, in the cells and you lock the cells up and stuff. So 
at this point, um, this was like one of the last nights of uh, like the entire thing. And I was setting up at the entrance in cell block nine. And a cell block is basically a long hallway with a bunch of cells in it. And Speakeasy takes up cell block nine and then center Capone, which is like a round area where a bunch of hallways meet. And Al Capone's cell is in that little area. And then it goes back into cell block eight as well. And then there's like a bar in the middle of cell block eight that like, that's as far as you can go if you're like hanging out in the speakeasy. So I'm setting up the very front of cell block nine. So this is like the entrance and it's not the first cell. Um, but like we have these black styrofoam rectangles that like just fit inside the door. And we put those in cells that are like, that have like art installations or they're just like open cells in the museum during the day, but we don't want people like going in there in the dark. So with this rectangle in the door, it just looks like, like a black space. And if you go up and touch it, like you'll feel that there's something there, but like you can't go in there. So I have this styrofoam piece and I'm putting it in the door. And this isn't the very first cell. This is like three cells into the cell block. And I'm I like, I get it in place and I like push it up in the little doorway and I start to walk away and I hear it creak in the doorway. Oh. And it's that sound of like, it's styrofoam on metal. So it's this like, like this really I still hate imagining that sound every time you tell it because it is like even that sound sends shivers down your spine almost like nails on a chalkboard yeah like it's such a like it's such a gross sound like it makes your spine jingle and even though I'm like I don't think it's anything ghostly I'm still just like oh like I hate that sound and I'm all by myself right and so I was like oh I gotta go fix it it fell And I turn around and I go and I push it back up into the cell door and I start to walk away and I have my back to it and I hear it again that, and oh God, it's awful. And like now I'm starting to get like frustrated because I'm like, I hate this sound and like, I don't think it's a ghost. I don't really believe that kind of thing. But, like, I know, like, there's no heat, there's no air conditioning, like, in this building because it's so old. And I'm like, it's just gusts of wind coming from the front door. And, like, that's it's just the wind. Like, it's totally fine. It's nothing spooky. And I fix it again. And it fucking happens again. It happened. And I put it back up six fucking times. Oh, my God. And every time, like, when I would start to walk away, just that... Like it would make my spine tingle. I was like, God, I like it's such a horrible sound. And so now I'm like really like fed up and like starting to get upset. But I'm like, it's it's just the wind. Like it's totally fine. Like don't worry about it. And I get it up and I like leave it alone. And that night I worked in the witch's cell, uh, which is what we call like the fortune teller room. And um, fortune tellers, there are like a couple people on our team that do fortune telling, and I'm one of them. And you can either like read the bones. Or you can read tarot cards, which is what I do. So I'm in that room that night, which is about halfway down cell block nine. So the same hallway. And at one point, I hear a commotion up like near the bar. And the bar is like up near where I was before, like maybe 20 feet back from where I had like had that issue setting up the styrofoam. So I come out and it's two people that work in the speakeasy with me. And they're both like clearly upset And I was like, what's going on? What's going on? And the bar, the guy serving bar was like, we saw a fucking ghost. Like he was freaking out. And I was like, what happened? What happened? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? 
And the other guy said that he was in the hallway and that he saw someone. They both said they saw someone come out of one of the black, like empty cells where no one is and nobody's supposed to be and brush past, like bump into the guy who was standing in the hallway and go into another empty cell across the hall. And when they looked in there, because they were like, sir, you can't go in there. You can't go in there. And when they looked in there, there was nobody in there. And they were both freaking out. They both swore they saw this person. And one guy, the one guy, like I said, that he said actually he, like, bumped it? into him. He didn't like, it wasn't like a gust of wind brushing past. Like it was a person like bumping into him. Oh my and I can explain what I experienced, but like without being in the room with them, like when they saw what they think they saw, I can't swear that that's what happened to them. But I, I just don't know because I wasn't in there, but they were like swearing that they had seen that. And that was around the same area where I was earlier. Um, and every time I've tried to tell the story, the recording has gotten all fucked up. So, so that's just a third saying. part to this story. That's like also fucking creepy. Yeah. So um, that's my one spooky experience at Eastern State Penitentiary. Um, that's still lingering around. Still causing me trouble, and that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Oh, hopefully that's the last time we're sticking to it. <sighs> hopefully, not that it's not a great story. It's just been right a story, girl. So that's what happened. <laughs> that's our first ghost story. Whew. So, moving on from that spooky shit, uh, I have another Philadelphia ghost story, which I'm excited about. Yay. Because I feel like I haven't had a Philly ghost story in a while. They're hard to find. They are. And that's weird because Philly is so fucking haunted. And two, it's like you can find little snippets, but you can't find like a lot of like in-depth ghost stories. So it'll be like, here's this building. Here's how old it is. Here's who built it. Here's who lived in it. Here's what they use this building for. Here's how long it's been here. And one time somebody saw it. They saw a ghost and it was spooky. We're done. That's it. Right. And you're like, I want to know more about the ghost. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you about a spooky haunted place called City Tavern. Ooh. I've actually eaten there multiple times. I've never been. And I feel like I should because it looks like it's somewhere where, like, I know the area. Yeah. It's over. It's over in, like, Old City over somewhat by the Arden. It's cute. It's, like, kitschy. Like, everyone dresses in, like, period clothing when they're serving you. We have like cuter mugs and it's like overpriced for what it is. I love that. Yeah. It's great. We'll go. We'll be tourists. (laughs) So the city tavern um, was constructed in Philadelphia in 1773. And it was one of the finest buildings in what was considered the most cosmopolitan part of Philly, which Philly was like the city at the time. Uh, And this is right before the Declaration of Independence, but when America like became a country, Philly was the first capital before it was DC, y'all. If you didn't know, hashtag first. So hashtag Philly. first. Philly first. Philly first. It arrived on the scene just in time for its date with destiny on the first Continental Congress met in uh, Philadelphia in 1774. Delegates from the colonies, many of whom would go down in history as the founding fathers, naturally gravitated to the city ta- to the city tavern to unwind after debating with their counterparts all day about how to respond to the British and their intolerable acts. 
Many of these same delegates and some new ones returned for the Second Continental Congress in 1775. Fighting in what would become the American Revolution had already begun, and this Congress set about taking charge and coordinating the escalating war. Once again, the City Tavern offered these delegates some much-needed respite from the daily debates and maneuvering. At the City Tavern, delegates who sparred, debated, and sat in opposition all day could relax and enjoy each other's company over a fine meal and a nice glass of mead or whatever they drank back then. And then they get drunk and they fight some more. Right, and then they get fucked up. Um, But... The bonds that formed this fraternity created a sense of unity and solidarity that resulted in the issuance of the Declaration of Independence in 1776. So they would, like, argue all day at work, and then they would get drunk and be like, you're a good dude, and we actually agree on this thing. And they would, like, come up with, like, good shit after, like, a night of drinking out and hanging out together. Oh, it reminds me of, like, how... How girls will be so supportive of each other in the bathroom when they're drunk. Oh my god. They were just they like dressed? they were just like, you know what? We should just put our differences aside. And I think that if we come together, we've got an equal enemy in the the British. So why don't we just you're you Let's look so pretty. This. You're so pretty and you're so strong. And I just I, I I mean to you because I'm intimidated by you and I just want to be like you. Let's sign That's this exactly treaty. What happened. That's exactly what happened. I was in the room where it happened, basically. I was there. So the City Tavern continued to serve the city throughout the Revolutionary War and into the peace. In 1787, a grand convention, later called the Constitutional Convention, met in Philadelphia to ostensibly fix the laws in the badly functioning Articles of the Confederation, another product of the Second Continental Congress. Once again, when not debating, the delegates sought refuge at the City Tavern. Uh, And once again, the end result fell outside of their original mandate and authority. Instead of fixing the current government where the very limited federal power was granted by the whims of the states, they created a new government that derived its power directly from the people, with the states filling a subordinate role in specific documented areas of governance and continuing to wield power in any area not mentioned. This constitution was ratified by enough states in 1788 and took effect in March 4th of 1789. So, of course, it was after drinking that they were like, fucking, we gotta have representatives. Like, fucking, this is for the people. Like, you're a person. I'm a person. Like, we've got to come together and, like, make this work. So the city tavern fell out of the national limelight and declined in influence over the next several decades. In 19 or sorry, in 1834, a fire badly damaged the tavern, the tavern and it was torn down in 1854. Uh, 20 years later. In 1946, the land on which the tavern sat became a national historic park and an effort was undertaken to create a reproduction of the original city tavern. This reproduction was completed in time for the bicentennial celebrations of 1976. Current management took over in 1994, and today you can enjoy historically inspired fare in an atmosphere reminiscent of the 18th century revolutionary time, as Sarah mentioned earlier. Yeah, they're all wearing wearing cute clothes. It's like medieval times, but it's like revolutionary times. Yeah, it reminds me of Williamsburg, Virginia, which is another big like player in our revolution and whatnot, which is also really Where cute. Where people dress up and they're like, mm-hmm. welcome to Williamsburg. Yeah, the whole town does it. It's I, and I like it. It's cute. I go for Bush Gardens. 
¿Por qué no las dos? <laughs> While the spirit of American history lives on at the faithfully recreated City Tavern, there are at least two spirits of another variety that found the reproduction authentic enough to call it home. Ooh. So one of the ghosts that haunts the City Tavern is a waiter who met his untimely death in a duel around, 19, around 1790. Some sources said that he wasn't even in the duel. He was like a bystander. He was like in the background, like serving tables. Oh and that the God. musket. That's, <laughs> That's the worst. Funny. And muskets were like, muskets were notoriously inaccurate and could misfire and do all sorts of shit. Um, so I don't know if he was in the duel or if that poor son of a bitch was just working and he got shot. His bloody apparition is sometimes seen falling to the ground in the tavern, and he oh. is also blamed for moving tables and clattering silverware, which really convinces me that he was in the middle of working when he died. And he's like, I gotta, I gotta put these tables up. He's we like, like, I gotta, I gotta make my tips. Comment. Like, I gotta do my side work. I gotta roll these utensils. Like, he's like, I'm not the bouncer. It is not my job to split you guys up and not have this happen. Not um, my job. I'm sorry. There's a group of eight or you or more. There is an automatic 18% gratuity. Yeah, you're getting gratted for this. I just want you to know. <laughs> and then he died. <laughs> and they died, right. In another tale, a bride-to-be was upstairs with her attendants preparing for her nuptials. Um, so they were using the tavern as a venue for the wedding. And during the excitement, a candle set fire to the curtain. And then in the, like, kebab, like, I don't know if somebody, like, knocked it over or freaking out, whatever, uh, the candle then fell to the floor and ignited the dress and right, ignited the tail of the bride's dress, the tail of the train. Um, and she immediately, like, was what? engulfed in flames. What? So, so she started the fire, but it had it, been no, burning because the curtains. since the world's been turning. Oh. Oh, since the curtains. Since that's, the I curtain see where you're going. That ride um, started the fire. So she burned to death in the fire. The fire burned the whole building down. Um, wow. Enough that it was like irreparable. Like they didn't even have the bones. The bride died in that 1834 fire that badly damaged the structure. Today, her blurry white apparition, still dressed in her wedding gown with a long train, can sometimes be seen or sensed on the second floor of the premises. I mean, I guess at least she's still walking around in her dress, not all fucked up. It's like, her, her dress day. is it's, still pretty. It's it, always, it'll be her day every day for the, forever. You know what she said? If I don't get to have my day, I'm taking this entire building down with me. This whole fucking building. I'm taking the whole thing me. to the ground. And she did. it to the ground. Just like Lisa left out Lopez. She burned her ex-husband's house down. Before she died in a car crash. R.I.P. All right, girl, it's your turn. All right, we're doing good so far. No lost recordings. Let's keep it going. Um, so I got myself another good old-fashioned ghost story. Uh, and this bitch. one is coming to you from Nebraska. Um, and this is the Seven Sisters Nebraska, Road. Nebraska, I love you, Nebraska! Gaga. You and I. Right. I knew you would get it because Gaga. This is more of a like, you and I and I and I and I. Right. Because it was seven sisters. Because it's seven. It's seven sisters. It's seven. Yes. Um, so this is the story of the Seven Sisters Road in Nebraska. And I had mentioned it yesterday when we were recording. And I do think, I still feel it's important to bring up again that I normally don't find haunted roads 
of any interest whatsoever. And we've never told a haunted road story. You did mention that Val had told a haunted road story. So there has Correct. been one on the podcast, but it was not by me. Um, Cause I do, I just don't, I don't know. I I'm a big skeptic about those. I don't really find them to be as interesting. I feel like any sort of evidence or any sort of experiences you may have can really easily be debunked. Um, but this story caught my eye and it's a little bit different. So I'm going to tell it. Hi, so girl. this takes place on, obviously, as I said, Seven Sisters Road. Well, it's actually now on a map called Road L. Um, and it takes place in Nebraska about, if I remember correctly, two hours outside of Nebraska City. If I'm wrong, email me. But it's, You won't. You won't. Do it. You won't. It's a road that cuts through, like, seven hills right and um the story behind this haunting i think is what caught my eye initially and whether it's true how much of it is based in fact and how much of it is folklore to scare children we don't know but it's fun either way and there are Mm -hmm. two tellings of this story so i'll start with the first one which is that it was a father living with his family that consisted of seven daughters and his wife. And one day he just snapped and he lost it. And one by one, he coerced. I one, one said like coerced and like talked them into going up to a hill. Another one said he drugged them either way. He got each one of them to a separate hill and one by one, he strung them up and he hung them and he killed them. Christ. The other version of the story is that it wasn't the father, but it was the brother. And the brother was fighting with the family. And in a rage, he left the house to go cool off. Or I don't know what he did, but he left to go into the woods to like spend time by himself. And then he heard the mother and father get in the car and leave. And he, I guess, just decided, you know what? Now's Um, a good time as any. Let's go ahead and take him out. And one by one, he drug each of his sisters out to a hill and hung them from a tree. Fucking Christ. One story is as brutal as to say that one of the sisters was pregnant. And when he strung her up, he cut open her belly so that the baby fell to the ground. But that one seems really embellished. So I'm not going to spend any time on that one because that's a lot. So that's the backstory behind it. The road at the time when this happened was not there, but then they went to go cut the road through the hills, and that's when some activity started popping up. Um, Mm -hmm. One story I read said that when they cut, they went to go cut the road um, through the hills, they came across seven trees, seven identical trees perfectly lined up, um, and they cut them down, and that was what started the phenomenon Um, Either way, it's based off of this road getting started. Now, this road was paved in the early 1900s, so it's not actually paved. It's still pretty unfinished gravel road cutting through these hills. So let's keep that in mind while I continue to tell you about what people experience. So now you've got your normal experiences, people claiming that they've got... um, Sorry, I just blanked for a second. Uh, Normal things of like seeing shadows darting about in their periphery. Um, their car giving them issues, headlights flickering, etc. I'm going to go into like two kind of specific stories that I heard that seemed really interesting. One story is about 
a couple driving down the road and they experienced what a lot of people experience, which is about halfway down. I believe after the fifth hill, their car stalled and their car just would not start again. And one of the main paranormal experiences that people claim on top of the normal car stalling or bullshit is our favorite ghost of all. Our favorite ghost thing of all. It's a screaming lady. lady. And it's seven screaming ladies, apparently. Fuck that. On the seventh day of hanging, these ladies screamed at you. Fuck Um, all of that. Fuck fuck all of that. Fuck fuck all all of that. that. Fuck all of that. I don't know how that would have had to do with the story, but it's almost Christmas time. So this couple's car stalls, and they get out and pop the hood to try to see what's going on with it and how they're going to fix it. And that's when it started. The screaming. And they said it was just screaming from all around them, all at the hills, just distinct and varying voices and levels and types of screams. So what it seems like from different entities surrounding them. They said it went on for about three minutes and then it just dissipated. No. And as soon as it dissipated, their car started and they were able to drive out. No problem. Fuck all of that. Fuck all of that. Yep. The other one isn't any better. And this one I got off of Reddit. Um, And this one is someone's telling a personal account of how when they were a child, they grew up in Nebraska and they were regaled by their grandfather about the history of the Seven Sisters Road and the hanging and how it's haunted now. So as an adult, they told themselves, I will go and drive down Seven Sisters Road. So they grabbed their friend and they said, we're going to do this. They said about a quarter of a mile down the road, nothing had happened. And their friend was buried in their phone and they were kind of like, nothing's going to happen. But around the second hill, she said her car started to make some noise. And then after the fourth hill, the car's lights started to flicker. And then at that point, the friend in the car was silent. And she looked over at her friend and she said her friend's face was as white as a ghost And her friend looked up and said, my cell phone is dead. I had over half a charge on my battery and then it just died. And after that, they passed about the sixth hill. And that's when the screaming started. Mm. Now, what's different about this one is while they're driving, not only do they hear the screams of the women, but they also hear the screams of a man. And it says that it sounded like the women were screaming and then they heard a distinct male voice almost responding to those screams. Even though you told me this story yesterday, I'm getting like, I'm all tingly. Like, I hate this. So the friend is like, we need to get the fuck out. And she's like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And as they drove closer through the past the sixth hill, closer to the seventh hill, the male voice kept getting louder and louder so much so that it sounded like it was in the back seat of the car itself. She was like, I hate it. I had the urge to look in the back seat, but I actually didn't want to because I was afraid of what I might see. It sounded like the screams from the man were in the car with them resonating throughout the car. The car was jolting, not wanting to work right headlights flickering. And then after they passed the seventh hill, everything stopped and the car was fine. And nothing else happened. I hate it. Thanks, I hate it. You're welcome. 
I hate it. There's another story I came across where a dude was talking about how he ran into some creature in the he was out there walking. I don't know why. And ran into a creature with glowing red eyes. That's weird, but it doesn't really pertain to the rest of the story. Um, there is okay. a cemetery not too far from the road, but there uh, aren't any gravestones that mention that looking back history-wise, we could find anything that said that these murders actually happened or anything like that. But people also report seeing orbs at the gravesite and hearing the sound of bells at the gravesite. But that's about it. it. It's mainly just screaming ladies and maybe a screaming dude who's going to get in the car with you. Which that I hate also after Christina's story. The idea that they're just going to hop in that car with you because you're like, I'm safe in my car. And it's like, nope. JK, I'm yeah, in here with you. That. I hate all of that. So that's the story of the haunted Seven Sisters Road in Nebraska. It apparently is still haunted to this day. So go check it out if you have the balls. I hate screaming women, so I will not be doing that. It's not anywhere remotely on my list of to-dos. Oh my God, I didn't tell this last night. I was in New York this past weekend and... Me and my friend got to our Airbnb. Now, the Airbnb is not too far from Central Park, so it's still neighborhoody, but no matter what, it's New York City. Um, so my friend goes in to take a shower, and the Airbnb is set up to where it's just two bedrooms and a kitchen and a bathroom. There's no, like, living room. There's no common space. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a door, a long hallway, then it splits off like a T. And there's a bedroom on each end and the kitchen and the bathroom in the middle. Mm -hmm. So I'm just sort of walking around getting the lay of the land. She goes to take a shower. And as soon as she turns the water on and I'm looking at something, I hear this like blood curdling, crazy woman scream. And for a second, it sounded like it was right in the hallway of the apartment. It wasn't. It was definitely outside on the street, probably some crazy woman. But in that moment, I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck is happening right now? But that that wasn't ghostly. That was more like, oh, my God, is there a crazy person out there? It's real people scary. There's a game I like to play called Bluetooth or Crazy when I see somebody (laughs) on the street and I can't tell if they're talking to themselves or if they are on a Bluetooth. And if I'm with somebody, I'm like, Bluetooth or Crazy? What do you think? Yeah, it's hard to tell sometimes, especially with how tiny they make those Bluetooth now. Girl, truth. They're so little. All right, y'all. I think we did Hopefully it. Hopefully this one sticks. God, I think we did it. I think we did it. How many times do we record? How many times do we record? Hopefully only three. Hopefully only three. Um... So, yeah, hopefully this is a good episode. I hope we remained enthusiastic enough, even having told these stories already. Yeah. If you don't like um, it, email me. Email Sarah. You can do that by reaching out to her at deadtimestories, with a Z, all one word, at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram under that handle, deadtimestories, with a Z, all one word. We're on Facebook. We're all over the place. And if you want to help our podcast, the best way to do that, of course, is to subscribe to our Patreon. We have three tiers, $1, $5, and $15. 
$1 gets you access to our Patreon-exclusive Facebook group, which has us, the two of us, and all of our favorite guests, our favorite contributors to the show. And we put up a lot of memes, and we all chat all the time and have a great time. It's so silly. $5, it is super silly. It's ridiculous, and I love how much people post on it. Um, And $5 a month gets you extra content. And once a month, we record a bonus show called I Seen It where I describe a horror movie to Sarah that she's never seen. And you get that on the 15th of the month, every month, if you are a $5 subscriber. And then above that, if you are a $15 subscriber, you get, of course, all the things mentioned below. But then you also get to be part of the Faint Flatulence Collection, which is we send a hand-captured, handcrafted ghost fart straight to your door. And it's in a little tiny jar, and it has a little piece of parchment that tells you whose fart it is and um, sometimes how they died. But uh, it's, it's a good time. And so, yeah, and there are other ways, of course, that you can support us without money. And you can do that by reviewing us on iTunes. Give us five stars. If you have something to say, uh, email us. Don't give us less than five stars because that algorithm is fucked. So give us five stars on iTunes. Please and thank you. On Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, anywhere where you listen to podcasts and you see us on Facebook, it lets you review us as well. And that's the best way that you can help us out without giving us your money. But also, you know, if you can, give us your money. Give us your money. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. Um, With all that being said, again, if you're in Philly, I'm at Songbird every Wednesday right now for now. I'm still in it. It's week eight out of like, I want to say like 13 weeks. So it's... uh, Getting close. It's getting close. Yeah, I've, I've made song selections for up to week 12 at this point, which will be the semifinals. So we'll see what happens. Um, and if you get tickets to that online, they're $12. At the door, they're 15 And that's at Latage every Wednesday here in Philadelphia. That's on the corner of 6th and Bainbridge. So, yeah, subscribe to our podcast, write a review, email us, do all those things. Love and, us. Um, love us, yeah. So it's been rough. <laughs> It's been a rough, rough time. So I hope we're bringing it back around for you guys. Bring it back around for us. Bring it back around. All right. Um, Other than that, uh, I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And And this this has been Dead Dead Time Time Stories. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being patient. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Curtison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 